and welcome to the Pac-Man Podcast, Patriotic American Citizen. I'm Ted Flint on the BMG Network. Well, I guess the big story, by most accounts, is former President Donald Trump arrested today. He pled not guilty to all 37 criminal charges relating to his handling of classified information. That's what the media thinks is the big story. Now, a former president has never been indicted, so that is obviously a big story. But the bigger story, and perhaps the biggest political scandal in U.S. history, is what's happening in the Ukraine. What happened a few years ago, or alleged to have happened, and what's happening still, I think, today, regarding the Bidens and their their bribery scheme. But the media, the major media, with the exception of Fox and Newsmax, is not touching it. But we'll focus on Trump for 30 seconds. You know, Mark Levin, this past Sunday, was... I've never seen him better. Life, Liberty, and Levin. And I'll give you a paragraph. And he was so passionate. And he nailed what this is all about. President Trump is 77 years old. He turned 77 today, June 14th, Flag Day. Levin said, if the Department of Justice gets its way, he will die in federal prison. They don't want to just win elections. They want to take control of this country. They want one-party rule. And they're using the Department of Justice and the FBI to get what they want. That's exactly what's going on. They've weaponized the law enforcement agencies of this country, the Democratic Party. Michael Goodwin, fine columnist for the New York Post, wrote this week that the the FBI is nothing more than the armed wing of the Democratic Party. We cannot let that go on. They've already interfered in the 2016 election. We know the 2020 election and now the 2024 election with indicting a former president and the leading candidate in the Republican Party. And with all these bogus charges and now the indictment, these bogus arrests and the the two impeachments, Trump gets only stronger. There's a new poll out this week from I&I and Tip. It finds the former president has a 36-point lead on the GOP primary field. Trump's edge when it comes to his own party, again, appears insurmountable. Now, it's very early. He's got 55% of the vote in the GOP primary. DeSantis, a distant second at 19. Mike Pence, Pence, at six. Nikki Haley, three. Tim Scott, three. Vivek Ramaswamy is at 2%. I like him. And Chris Sununu, I don't think Chris Sununu, I think he's out of the race already, but he's at 2%. Nobody's got a shot here. It's all about Trump. He's like Secretariat in the Belmont. He's 31 lengths ahead of everybody. So that's why the deep state, the radical Democrats and the liberal prosecutors, they want him out. Because if he gets back in, people are going down. Joe Biden is going down. One way or the other. Because I think Trump will win if he gets, if he beats all this nonsense. What he did, some of the counts are serious. I'm not discounting what he's alleged to have done. And they have Trump on on audio, too. I guess telling somebody to remove some of the documents from a, a room because a lawyer was coming in. So, I mean, it, it doesn't look good on a couple of these counts, I'll grant you that. But what's happening in the Ukraine with Biden and this Burisma founder, this Nikola Zlokevsky, allegedly paid $10 million in bribes to Joe and Hunter in 2015 and 16 in exchange for Joe Biden's help in getting this Ukrainian prosecutor, Viktor Shokin, fired because this Shokin was getting too close to the corruption. It is rotten what's going on in Ukraine, and the Bidens are right in the middle of it. Shokin was getting close 
he had to go. So the founder of Burisma paid the Bidens $10 million in exchange. And Biden is on tape bragging about it. And this Slokevsky, according to the U.S. intelligence community, has a high degree of confidence. They do. The, the uh, intelligence community have a high degree of confidence in their assessment of Slokevsky as an SVR or an agent of Russia. Basically, that's what that means. This is not a new assessment. The intelligence community under Obama knew this. This is where a lot of this corruption began under the Obama administration. Obama installed Zelensky as president in the Ukraine. That's a whole show in and of itself. So Obama knew about it. He was briefed. So was Biden. Biden was briefed on it as well. Nothing new here. Chuck Grassley, the Republican from Iowa on the Intelligence Committee earlier this week, said that the foreign national mentioned in FD-1023 by a confidential human source not only claimed to have bribed Hunter and Joe Biden, but possessed 17 audio recordings of his conversations with the Bidens about the arrangement. He created the recordings as a sort of insurance policy. According to Red State, it was not clear whether the FBI had copies of the audio recordings or not. And last week, uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene, Congresswoman Greene, and a couple of others said that the foreign national identified in that form is Slokevsky, the the, uh, owner of Burisma. Biden has got to either resign or be impeached. His entire family, over a dozen of these people, the Bidens, were getting payouts from, from communist China and from the Ukraine. He's got to resign or he's got to be impeached. There's no third option here. The the media continues to be fixated on the Trump document scandal. Nobody but Fox, and I think Newsmax, has mentioned the uh, Biden-Ukraine connection. They're afraid to. It, It reflects poorly on him. He has got to go. He is the most corrupt president in U.S. history, Joe Biden. He's been corrupt ever since he got in the Senate. He's nothing but a lying, feckless operator. The FBI under this administration is a joke. The organization used to be known as the world's premier law enforcement agency. But as Michael Goodwin mentioned, it's increasingly becoming an armed wing of the Democrat Party. It's like we're living in the old Soviet Union. We are in a spiritual battle for our very survival. Not just, and it's, it, it's a battle not just involving America. The war is a global coup d'etat. According to Carlo Mario Vigano, is a Catholic prelate. And my sister sent me this uh, audio and video of this priest, and he's issued a warning for, for patriots and, I, and for followers of Christ, obviously. He said it's a war, and I'm paraphrasing here, he, he said it's a war fought without physical weapons, but fought with illegitimate rules, wicked economic policies, and intolerable limitations on natural rights. Now, that's a quote from Vigano. Now, if something is, to my way of thinking, if something is intolerable, it means you can't or won't tolerate it. But like sheep, do we tolerate some of the lockdowns in the name of COVID and public safety? We went right along with having our freedoms to worship stifled. That will never, ever happen again. Not in my world. I can't speak for anybody else. We experienced firsthand with the pandemic the clamping, uh, clamping down on, on, on freedoms and liberty. Government forbade us to attend church services. When has that happened in U.S. history? We don't suspend the First Amendment or the Constitution over a virus. We have a constitutional right to free assembly. Of course, this was all done in the name of public safety. 
Our political elites used COVID to institute these lockdowns. Again, in the name of public safety. Whether it's a health emergency or an ecological emergency, that'll be next. Due to the climate crisis, the result is always the same. Government power grows, individual liberty shrinks. And this priest, this uh, Carlo Vigano, claims all three branches of our government are complicit in violating law. I wouldn't doubt it. Certainly the executive branch is and has been, and certain certainly the legislative branch. The judicial branch, part of it, part of it is probably complicit. And this is a lot bigger than the Biden administration arresting Donald Trump. That's only part of it. Trump has said that the real target is you and me, the American people. He's just in their way. And he said, I always will be. And that's when he won me. It's not about just getting him. The American people are the targets, patriots who know what's happening here. We're living in a, it's like we're living in the twilight zone. You know, Michael Savage did a podcast over the weekend. I caught maybe 15, 20 minutes of it. It was a half hour long. I couldn't listen to all of it, but my wife told me about it. And he said basically what we're all feeling. He feels helpless. He said there are a lot of people more influential than he is. I mean, he's about 80 years old right now. Still does a good job on a podcast, a fine broadcaster. He said, but what can we do? You know, I do this podcast. I try to alert people to what's happening. He's got thousands of followers. I have, you know, maybe hundreds at best. But we do what we do because we want to get the truth out there. The American people want and need the truth. They're not getting the truth. The truth is being stifled by the media, like we live in a communist country. And this administration cannot be allowed to continue to do what it's doing. Marjorie Taylor Greene, who I heard today on the uh, Sean Hannity radio show, she said that we ought to, uh, she and her fellow congressmen ought to defund Jack Smith's office. He's the uh, the special counsel. We, we need to defund the office of Jack Smith and his entire probe of former President Trump, then do it. She's claiming she's going to write an appropriations rider to defund special counsel Smith's office and the entire investigation. Yes, the government is being weaponized to take down the top political enemy and the leading presidential candidate in this country. That's what she said by by way of mediaite. We know that's happening. We know the the government is being weaponized for political purposes. But will she do it? Well, then do it. I'm tired of these people claiming they're going to do things and nothing ever happens. The House holds the purse strings. The Republicans control the House of Representatives. Defund Smith's office. Stop threatening. Just do it. Stop threatening Biden with impeachment. Begin the proceedings. These politicians, most of them just want to use all this, all these threats to raise money for their next elections. That's what this is about. And with all these attacks on the former president, he just gets stronger and stronger in the polls. According to an analysis from INI and the TIP, T-I-P-P, former President Trump has a 36-point lead on the GOP primary field. They say it's insurmountable, his edge. And now it's early in the nominating process, obviously. But 55%, a majority of 2024 registered Republican voters and independents who lean Republican favor Trump. 55%. DeSantis is a distant second. He's at 19. He's like he's like Sham in the Belmont back in 1973. Trump is secretariat. He's way out in front. Mike Pence, for, I don't know why Pence is running. He's got virtually, I got a better chance of getting the nomination than Pence does. Pence is at six. Nikki Haley and Tim Scott are at three. Vivek Ramaswamy, whom I love, 
He should be Trump's running mate. Is at 2%, and Chris Sununu of New Hampshire is at 2%. I think Sununu's already out of it. It's about Biden and his corruption. He's a dirty, rotten scoundrel. The Biden administration, according to this report in the Daily Caller, has wasted over a half a trillion dollars, our money, in its first two years in office due to improper payments. It's according to an audit of federal data conducted by Open the Books. The data was collected by the Office of Management and Budget and revealed at least $528 billion was improperly paid by the federal government in the first two years of this administration. The report defines improper payments as payments that should not have been made or that were made in an incorrect amount. A prime example, according to the CEO of Open the Books, of the institutionalized incompetence of the administrative state. That's what's ru- that's who's running things. The administrative state, bureaucrats, unelected bureaucrats running the country, observing some laws, the ones they want to observe, and disregarding other laws. During the first two years of this administration, 17 governmental agencies reported improper payments, including the Department of Health and Human Services, the Department of Labor, and we're talking about Tens of billions of dollars in overpayments. I'm not going to get bogged down into the numbers because it's, it, it doesn't matter. It's just it's a half a trillion. And it goes on, and this administration uh, doesn't face any repercussions for whatever reason. What really burned me, and I know it burned you if you, if you heard about this, was the president's, uh, and he's gotten some backlash over this, for placing the pride flag in a place of prominence, flanked by two American flags. This, I read this in the New York Post. A number of Twitter users are accusing the administration of violating the U.S. flag code to advance revolutionary transgender agenda targeting children. Biden violates basic tenet of U.S. flag code and disrespects every American serviceman buried under its colors. That's according to Judicial Watch President Tom Fitton. That's what he tweeted. And he quotes the U.S. flag code number seven. The U.S. flag should be at the center and at the highest point of the group when a number of flags of states or localities or pennants of societies are grouped and displayed together. But it was the the uh, rainbow flag was in the middle, in a, in a place of prominence. How could a president, a U.S. president, permit that to happen during Pride Month? This whole month is Pride Month. The devil has taken over this country. You know, Biden said over the weekend that some of these uh, LGBT people were some of the bravest people he's ever met. Well, he evidently has not met that many brave people. What about the men who died for this country? Memorial Day is celebrated one day. We celebrate Memorial Day. Those who gave their lives made the ultimate sacrifice for their country. We celebrate an entire month for homosexuals, for queers and lesbians and everybody else under the sun. June is Pride Month, the entire month. They get an entire month. I don't celebrate it. Now it's homosexuals who celebrate for the entire month and LGBTQ and whatever else they call themselves. It's unbelievable. And our U.S. president is celebrating them. I'll read you if you want to get even more angry. That's not my intent, by the way, to get you angry. But during the White House's Pride Month event over the weekend, First Lady Jill Biden said outside the gates of this house are those who want to drag our country backwards. And so many battles yet to be braved. But today, we're not here to be strong. We're not here to be courageous, even though for so many of you, 
just coming to this event is an act of bravery. What a what a crock of crap. She is a traitor to this country. And to think we had one of the most classy first ladies in this nation's history, Melania Trump, for just four years. We'll have her back for another, at least another four, come uh, November of 2024, hopefully. There's a lot to get to. I want to get to uh, Robert Kennedy Jr., RFK Jr., He's, you know, you know, he's a classical liberal. He is uh, from A to Z. He's a, a, a liberal in every sense of the word. But there's something about him that's unique in today's Democratic Party. Bobby Kennedy is honest. Yes, he's against vaccines. I don't know if he's against the vaccines, but he's against them being foisted on us by force, by mandate, by the federal government, which happened under under COVID. Bobby Kennedy is running for the presidential nomination in the Democrat Party. Now, he's way behind Joe Biden, as you would think he would be. He was on his show, The Kim Iverson Show, and he explained that climate and pollution issues are being manipulated by mega billionaires like Bill Gates for their own ends. They're being exploited, in other words, to push a totalitarian agenda. And he compared the abuse to how the government used the COVID-19 pandemic, as I mentioned earlier in this program, to forward top-down totalitarian controls on society. And he pointed out that many of the government actors own patents related to their proposed solutions. They've given climate chaos a bad name because people now see that it's just another so-called crisis, my words, that are being used, or that that's being used to strip mine the wealth of the poor and to enrich billionaires. I like Bobby Kennedy. And, you know, he's got this halting way of speaking, He's very hesitant, and he's he's tough to listen to. I guess he's getting better. He's on some kind of medication. He claims he, he got that way over a vaccine, a flu vaccine, in the 90s. I guess his wife has the same thing. But a lot of what he said and continues to say is accurate. I read his book, The Real Dr. Fauci. That's a must-read about the vaccines and about uh, who the pharmaceutical industry. Big Pharma making all kinds of money on these vaccines. And what they said about ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine, absolutely false. Don't be, you can't believe anything the government puts out nowadays. But Bobby Kennedy's way behind in the polls. Biden's got a 43-point lead. He's at 58%. Bobby Kennedy is at 15 Marianne Williamson, I guess she's, she's out there a little bit. She's in third at 6%. I don't think Biden's going to make it to 24, frankly. I don't think he's up to the to the task of running the country, that's obvious. But my wife was, she made an observation, my wife, over the weekend. She says there's like an iron fist behind this administration. I don't know if it's Biden's fist or who's ever pulling the strings, the man behind the curtain, whether it's Obama, whoever it is, it's not Biden. You know, whether it's Obama, whether it's Susan Rice, I mean, the inner circle, Obama's inner circle, I believe is still running things. Obama's the only former president not to leave Washington. He lives right there near the White House. I wish I had more time. If you like this program, hit like, hit subscribe, and please share it with your friends on social media. We have a a slowly but surely growing audience, and we have people listening in other states and in other countries in some cases. We appreciate your listenership. Go to the bmgnetwork.com for all our fine programs. We have some really fine podcasters up there. My daughter, Madeline, is among them. She's got a new podcast out this week. And it's called The Essentials with Maddie Flint. And uh, columns, too, under the pack perspective. All right, that's about going to do it to it. Thank you very much for tuning us in. And if the good Lord wills it, we will talk to you soon. 
Pac-Man podcast was produced and edited in the BMG studio. Music by Kevin McLeod. For more episodes of the Pac-Man podcast, go to the bmgnetwork.com or go to the BMG Network on Facebook. And be sure to tune in to the next episode of the Pac-Man podcast with Ted Flitt. Thank you.